relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. This episode of the America First podcast with me, Sebastian Gorka, is brought to you by Franklin Armory. Shop freedom, quality, and innovation at franklinarmory.com. Franklin Armory, we are facilitators of freedom. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream to be. Ask not. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, and we are delighted to welcome our very special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. You're listening to America First. All right, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Doug Collins filling in for the good doctor, Dr. Gorka, America First Radio. Glad to have you riding along for the next three hours with us. We're going to have a, a good time together. We've got lots of stuff to talk about. Some great guests uh, be joining us along the way. We've got Michelle Tafoya. We've got Tom Homans. We've got Sarah Carter. we got your calls. If you want to be a part of the show today, 833-334-6752 or 833-33-GORKA. You got it. You call in. We'll have a good time today as we go on lots going on down here in georgia um we're in the last uh, election it seems like georgia decides that we want to be the trail end of of every uh, election cycle so we're doing it again down here and tomorrow is a very important day as we look ahead into this cycle and it's important in a lot of ways and now everybody can say that the, the you know this race doesn't mean anything the democrats are going to take in, or have kept control of washington dc but let's let me just break this down just a little bit here yes The Democrats are going to keep control, but the Republicans have taken control of the House. By the way, we're going to spend some time talking about that a little bit later today in the show. But this actually matters in the Senate because right now they're under a power-sharing agreement with the Republicans. In other words, it's 50-50. Of course, the the, uh, Vice President Harris breaks the tie, but in committees – each committee is lined up in a 50-50 vote. So you would have uh, – there would actually be votes in which the committee is tied. 
that means that they have to then bring it to the floor if they want it to have to have another vote on the floor. It's a lot of procedural hurdles. It is something Chuck Schumer has had to deal with uh, for the last uh, two years. It's something that we want to continue to see him have to deal with because it slows up and even stops some of their uh, the Biden agenda from getting through. And it also keeps uh, Manchin, Cinema, these others in, in check who have said, you know, you're not just going to run roughshod over some of these rules. We're going to have a, a say here uh, in filibuster issues and other things. Um, that makes uh, it more hard. If you take and get Warnock back that seat, making them the 51st Senate uh, and out of the state of, and coming from Georgia, and then you dilute the power of the two who said we'll never have the filibuster change, which actually continues to provide some sort of a, 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 a was a beacon uh, against uh, the Biden administration, which now is also helped in the sense that we do have the House. So, what does it mean? It means that there's got to be people down here in Georgia who actually get out to vote. Let's take this, let's, let's go backwards for a little bit. I know uh, Dr. Gorka is, by the way, in Israel, uh, making, let's say, much prayers and thoughts for them as they have a wonderful trip over there uh, during this time, but he'll be back. And I know we, they, we've been talking about this for the last, uh, you know, month since this, uh, the general election happened. Walker Warnock is an interesting race. It's an interesting race on multiple levels. Let me just break this down for you. It's an interesting race in the sense that the uh, the two candidates uh, have depended on their base for their support, and both of them have had at times trouble reaching across to the independent voter or reaching across to the, quote, voter who doesn't have a preference, who are willing to, to split. Uh, their ticket, which we did see a good bit of down here in Georgia uh, in this cycle. In the race, Warnock was only able to basically tag the base Democrats. In other words, he took Democrats, and that's all he took. After spending literally, I think it's up to $300 million plus in these, this cycle, in this race, he still could not get over 50% uh, as a sitting incumbent senator. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. If you're listening here on the, on America First, we, we deal in reality. And reality is the Democrats have to look at, at Warnock and say, what's the problem here? Why can he not relate to the base enough to get us, like we just saw uh, just a little bit ago, um, a situation in which you know, we actually won these two seats. Now, I, I am one who argues vociferously about the fact that Georgia has not turned purple. I am sick of the narrative. I'm tired of the narrative. Uh, have we gotten closer in some races depending on the candidates? Yes. Has Georgia inherently turned from a center-right state? No. And a heck no. No, we haven't at this point. You know, it's it's, but it keeps getting the narrative. Why is that narrative out there? Because the narrative wants it to be that they want to see a, a Stacey Abrams as the patron saint of Democratic turnout. They want to see her as the next, uh, you know, big thing coming out. And by the way, you know what Stacey Abrams is? She's a two-time loser in Georgia. Yes, two times, Stacey. You lost both times. And you're now lost this time even further, meaning that you didn't even have what you had a few years ago coming back into this cycle. All down the list, the Republicans won their races, 52, 51, a few a little bit closer, but by hundreds of thousands of votes. Okay, it, was, it went back to Georgia as normal. If you do not know Georgia politics, people begin to believe that we are, in, in essence, a uh, a state like Mississippi or Oklahoma or others in which you see 65, 60, 65% statewide uh, results for Republicans. We've never had that in Georgia. 
So this narrative um, that was out this morning and things like Politico and others, oh, if Warnock wins, it's a purple state. No, it's not. Quit going there, folks. That's why you tune in to America First. That's why you tune in to Dr. Quark. That's why you're here with me, Doug Collins, filling in today, because we're going to give you the truth. Now, if you can't handle the truth, that's another problem that you'll have to deal with on another show, maybe a call-in show where it's a doctor somebody, and you can have your feelings adjusted there, not here. What we have here is the reality that Georgia is still a competitive state when the people don't have a connection to the candidates in which they are looking at voting. Now, I'm saying this in honesty. Warnock couldn't get past the base, and in many ways, uh, Walker was having trouble reaching those that joined the base of Republicans, which gave the uh, election to Kemp and, and, and uh, Burt Jones and many others, all the Republicans on the statewide ticket. And that's why he finished with a 200,000 vote deficit on the general election day. What's got to happen now is that Republicans have to show up. Here's my biggest concern, and if you're listening in Georgia or you're listening across the country and you have friends in Georgia, please get on the phone because Georgia weather right now is bad. Okay, it's rainy. It's cool. It's rainy. And people, I mean, I, I can see it now. They're going to, that, that voter who said, well, I don't know if I want to go wait in the rain or I don't know if I want to go take time. They're going to look out there and they may not go. Folks, we have the ability to keep the power sharing agreement in the Senate with a Walker victory. We also have a time, and this is not talked about enough. We can now begin to set the table for 2024, not only for the presidential race, but for the Senate. The Senate is going to be stacked against the Democrats in this next cycle. And with states like Montana, Ohio, and others going to be in play, but they're having to defend almost three quarters of the seats that are up. That means that the Republicans have a very real advantage of not only keeping the ones we have but picking up seats in certain states. If we can keep Georgia, that's one less seat we have to uh, go out and win in two years to take a full control back over of the Senate. We need to take the, that would lead us to a taking over the Republican back in the White House and hopefully taking and getting a bigger than a four seat majority in the United States House. This is just where we are right now. So look, I'm laying this out. Walker's camp, the staff have done a good job. They've done all they can do. They're getting outspent. You know, three and four times to one on the campaign side. They're getting spent two to one on outside money that is deluged here into Georgia. Uh, look, you know, in just a little bit, we're going to talk about Angel Tree, and, and it's a great cause. I'm going to tell you more about how you can get into that and, and all these donations. But, you know, it, it is amazing to me if Democrats gave to charities, it seems like as much as they give to political campaigns, it would be a whole different uh, cycle. In Georgia and across the country, we saw Democrats through Act Blue and other dark money sites give more money to Democrat candidates than most Republicans could raise. I'm going to give you an example. And this is why Walker's race and the Warnock race is tied and why Walker is having to overcome. It is a simple issue of saying, if you put $14 million into a race against Marjorie Taylor Greene, you got a problem. So here we are. We'll be back here. We're getting started on the uh, America First with Dr. Gorka's show. I am Doug Collins filling in for Dr. Gorka.
And we want to thank our friends at Epoch TV for sponsoring the show. Epoch TV is a censorship-free video platform with original news programs like Crossroads, The Larry Elder Show, Facts Matter, American Thought Leaders, and documentaries investigating critical issues that are not covered anywhere else. Why do I trust the Epoch Times? They're unbiased. They report important news that other media ignore. They focus on clear, fact-based journalism without spin or hidden agendas. They are truthful. They report just the facts and trust their discerning viewers. That's all of you beautiful people. To arrive at your own conclusions, and they're resilient. Despite the attacks from many sides, defamation from other media, thugs burning their printing presses and assaulting their journalists, the Epoch Times continue to dedicate themselves to reporting the truth. If you're looking for an unbiased, truthful and resilient news source, check them out today. We have a special offer for our listeners. Just sign up and start watching. No credit card required. No strings attached. If you decide to subscribe within 14 days, it's just $1 for two months. So go to watch Epoch dot com slash gawker to subscribe that's watch e-p-o-c-h dot com slash g-o-r-k-a watch unbiased truthful news in epoch tv on any device special offer for our listeners just sign up and start watching no credit card required no strings attached if you decide to subscribe within 14 days it's just one dollar for two months so go to watch epoch.com slash gawker and subscribe First, with special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, we're back. Back in black. That's where we are today. We're back in black. We're back on a Monday before the election down here in uh, Georgia. Lots going on. Doug Collins filling in for Dr. Gorka today. Glad to have you riding along. If you like what you hear, you can hear me as part of the Salem faculty along with Dr. Gorka and others. I have a podcast, the Doug Collins Podcast. Just go to uh, wherever you get your podcast and you find, and, and we're real creative here. All you got to do is say the Doug Collins Podcast. Not real hard, not real difficult. Just go there. Get uh, me three days a week. We'll give you the best of insights, not only into the world of politics, but we discuss music, we discuss hunting, we bring in, because we believe that the conservative lifestyle is something that you live every day. So we have a lot of uh, of fun with this uh, podcast, a lot of good stuff on it. Go to the Doug Collins podcast, be a part uh, of that. Um, Also coming in today, though, it is a special time. We are in that time of the the year. And believe it or not, can you believe it? I can't really. Uh, Christmas is uh, exactly 20 days from today. Uh, So you'll spend uh, much of this week putting up your holiday decorations, shopping, those last-minute gifts, so you can ship them in time for Christmas. Or if you're at my house, we've been decorated now for about a uh, longer than I want to admit to. Uh, My bride loves it. But, you know, all of this is a big job. But it's not as big as what's facing Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree team as they put the finishing touches on the arrangement to make Christmas special for over 1.7 million Angel Tree kids who have a mom or dad in prison. People like this Angel Tree volunteer in South Carolina are already hard at work because they know that every prisoner's child deserves to experience the love of Christ on December 25th. These kids are, they're special, and they didn't ask for this to happen to them. This letter came this week, and she looked at that tag, and she said, my daddy gave me a gift, and he loves me. (laughs) It just means everything. 
It's Christmas. Oh. Oh, it is Christmas. Hey, folks, if there's never a more reason, giving is this part of the season. It should be all year round. Angel Tree, though, provides that. Uh, well, it will be if you is, and it's Christmas. If you remember, it's just 20 days from today. So I need you to go uh, right now to sebgorka.com. Click on the Angel Tree banner, and please make your most generous gift so we can get each boy or girl a specially uh, selected present, a personalized letter from their mom and dad in prison, and a beautiful new Bible. $125 blesses five kids with all that joy, or just $25 dollars will bless one kid again simply go to sebgorka.com and just click on the angel tree banner or phone your gift to 888-206-2794 that's 888-206-2794 and make this christmas special for a prisoner's child right here in america uh and let me just add to that for for dr gorka and and Seb in this folks one of the best things that was said in there when you heard that was is these children didn't choose this and, folks, people make mistakes. People are in jail and their families. I mean, it is called in the compassion for my, our faith and especially those of us as we celebrate uh, Christmas is that is the giving of Christ. Christ gave to us. We give to others. And, uh, you know, having people like that, it makes a big difference because that gift may be the thing that lets that child see there is a hope and a future in what may be a, a otherwise a pretty bleak uh, Christmas time. So go be a part of uh, that as we get into this. Um, I want to... We'll switch gears here a little bit. We're going to have uh, Michelle Tafoy is coming up here in, in the next segment. I wanted to, uh, to spend some time with that. One of the things, though, that we're going to spend some time as the show progresses, but I wanted to hit it, uh, and that is this Twitter files that uh, Elon Musk came out with. And, and I'm not going to dig into the details. You can go look it up for yourself. I want to hit the highlights here of what I see is the the problem. And this Twitter file issue shows what many of us have been screaming for uh, for a long time in, in Congress, that the relationship between especially the Democrats, but also in fairness, there is some you know discussion about Republicans manipulating a social media platform to keep either information away from people or make others look better than they should and the reality is that the social media platform should have been a place in which you have a everybody can go and free speech is there in the sense that you can put out what you want in a in an environment that lets your views your voice be heard and when you have a twitter hierarchy that was completely giving to all democrats they were they were censoring stuff like the hunter biden laptop this this is an issue that needs to be, you know, we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about it. I wanted to get this in early um, uh, before uh, Michelle Tafoya comes on. we got some others. But, folks, think about this. The and, and don't hand me this. We'll just do away with Section 230 altogether. No, Section 230 is just part of the issue here, and it's not the whole issue. So we've got to look at this in a perspective of saying, um, you know, what can be done to make sure that it is an open platform and that these social media platforms are not becoming newspaper editors, in essence, by editing what is out there, what you will see, what you not see. If they do that, they're opening themselves up for libel. They're opening themselves up for scandal. This is the problem that we have. Folks, we still got it going on here on uh, America First. Glad to have you with us. Doug Collins rocking this with us while Dr. Gorka is out. We'll be back with Michelle Tafoya when we get back.
MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, and so much more, all with the deals happening right now. Now. They are also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code GORKA, or call 800-829-8468 to get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. That's MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. You're listening to America First with special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, we're back here, everybody. Glad to have uh, you going along with us. Remember, the number is 833-334-6752, 833-33-GORKA. Uh, so you want to join in, but right now we're going to a – has become a, a good friend. We have, uh, we're have we a part of the newer members of the Salem faculty here uh, in our podcasting world, uh, Miss Michelle Tafoya. Uh, you knew her as keeping everything together on Sunday Night Football and, and for uh, all of that for years and, and – bringing excellence now she has taken that uh, to a different level talking about everyday life and and just the common sense michelle it's glad to have you on uh, america first today i love that you call us faculty that's that's a very smart it makes us you know i was like trying to find a robe but nobody would give me one so you know i want my i want my graduation robe i want to be a faculty member yeah. here <laughs> but uh, you know I'm but put, look. i'm putting i'm gonna i'm gonna put some reading glasses on just for the segment even though you can't see me it makes me <laughs> Well, and, and you got it. Well, look, you got into uh, sort of the the commentary on not only politics but the things going on. Tell first number one. Tell people about your podcast, and then what sort of the the atmosphere up there in in Minnesota that got you into this? Yeah, I live in Minnesota. This is a kind of a wacky state when it comes uh, to politics. It's the state that elected Jesse Ventura governor. It's the state that multiple times elected Al Franken as a senator. I I can't say that I voted for either one of them. I did not. But it's, it's a state where you would think that common sense reigns supreme. But the DFL, which is the name for our Democrat Party, continues to win and dominate certain races. And it did again. And um, so anyway, I've been living here since 1994, and I just am, am really tired of politics nationwide and certainly here locally as well. So it was time for me to leave the sidelines. I tried to do it back in 2018, but they kept learning, leading me back in again, just stringing me along. So I did the Super Bowl uh, last February, and then I left because I needed – to be part of a bigger conversation. And frankly, when you're on the number one show on television in primetime, it's not a good idea to spew politics on the side because it just brings uh, some controversy. So I, I knew I had to separate myself from the show if I wanted to follow through with my own voice, and that's what I've done. 
Well, that is it. Sideline Sanity is the name of the the podcast, and it is uh, it has been it's been worth uh, you know, listening to. Um, what's been one of the most? Uh, if you had to sit back now, as a not only as someone who is very public, very much in the public eye, knowing you know now able to express yourself, what is the thing that you're seeing that if you had to say, and there's so many out there that disturbs you the most about the body politic in America right now? It just seems to be leaning authoritarian. Uh, I don't I don't say that not knowing what authoritarianism is. I do know what it is. And it just seems that speech has been stifled. And, and, and we see it. You know, you can say Twitter's a private company, but the bombshells that we got over the weekend about a campaign and then a presidency communicating directly with Twitter and goodness knows what other platforms to stifle some speech, to put out some fires that for their own benefit is really frightening. I see a lack of accountability on so many levels. There seems to be two systems of justice in this country, and that irks me no end that certain people in power don't seem to pay the price for what the average Joe would be thrown in the slammer for. So those are some things the border really bothers me. It feels as though this administration does not take seriously the the responsibility of protecting a nation. And, you know, we can talk about who needs relief, who needs to come here, uh, who should not come here, all of those things. It starts with strong border policy, which we just don't have. And the numbers right now are astonishing. So that's another one that that has really got me alarmed. It feels, Doug, like things are just out of control. It feels insane. It feels upside down. That's why I started sideline sanity, that word being critical. I'm just trying to have normal conversations. Well, I think, Michelle, one of the things that's interesting, because you have a family, you're growing up, is you had the ability to take that voice that you had you know, from, from your previous, you know, world, bring it to this podcast. How can we make people who, you know, they may not have a podcast. They may not, you know, be in a very public job. What is the thing? And this is what I've been encouraging people is, is they think that there's not a voice, but starting at the lowest level, you know, just making an active part in your community, your school boards, your schools, your, your county commissions, that's a way for people to take a part in this. Well, uh, someone was reminding me earlier, too, that the, the, the voices, when our voices come together and make enough noise, things can change. We have that uh, misinformation board that was about to be established in the Department of Homeland Security with, the, you know, the woman who sang all the songs and stuff. And people went crazy and said, there is no way you can do this. The uproar was loud enough from the saner voices in the world that they dismantled the idea. So people have to continue to feel as though they that their voice does matter. Because when you want to add all these voices together, it makes a very, very powerful voice. It's just like a vote, really. I mean, we hope, right? But it, it, so I just encourage people to remember that it's their life here. And they've got to be courageous about it. They can't just fall in line and, and do what public seems to suggest they should do. They've got to think for themselves, be proud of their their values and their opinions, and use them and not be afraid of that. It's uh, What's scary to me is, and I've had friends tell me, I'd love to repost what you just posted on Twitter, but I'm afraid of losing my job. I mean, wow. that's, that's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's where we're, we're coming out in this as we go forward is there's got to be a time in which we understand that there's got to be civil discourse. There has to there has to be those kind of things. Michelle, real quickly before we get going, thank you for taking the time to come on America First Day. Tell everybody where you as part of the Salem faculty, where can they find Sideline Sanity? And tell us if you've got some guests coming up that they may be interested in. You know what? Anywhere you download your podcast, you can find it. MichelleTafoya.com is another place you can go to find it. It's Michelle with one L. But Sideline Sanity is the name of the podcast. Just Google it. We've had some great guests in the past. We have good guests coming up. Uh, my mind is a whirl right now with names. So <laughs> just go check it out. Stand down but- the list of names. We've had We've had Bob Costas. So go check it out, and uh, thanks for allowing me to promote that. I appreciate it. All right, Michelle, thanks for everything. Uh, look forward to seeing you on, uh, listening to you on Sideline Sandy. Folks, we got almost an hour in the books. Come back. i got a special surprise for you here in just a minute on America First. Doug Collins filling in for Dr. Gorka. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. listening to America First with special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to America First. Uh, filling in for uh, Dr. Cork today, I'm Doug Collins. Glad to have you riding along with us if you want to be a part of the show. We've had great callers already. 833-334-6752. Um, I, I was sharing earlier about an interview I was on in which uh, they were talking about the res- the, the uh, fallout from the Georgia uh, race down here. Then, if and the Democrat who I was on with said, if we get 51 votes in the Senate, that uh, Kamala Harris will not have to worry about having to come to the uh, to the Hill to break ties. And I just made the comment when it came back to me. I said, well, then maybe she can figure out, find a map, and figure out where the southern border is. Um, that didn't sit well too much with the Democrat online, but I really didn't care. And I know that my next guest here, one that I've talked to many times, he's a man who shares a deep love for this country, but also a deep love for the guys and gals who are down on the border uh, serving us every day, and that is Tom Holman. Tom, glad to have you with us again. Good. Thanks for having me, Dave. Well, that's a good thing. Oh, one of, let's just jump in here because one of the things we've talked about, and you've been very critical, I've been very critical. In fact, I was calling for uh, impeachment for a long time ago on Mayorkas. I, I just am curious a second because you know him. I mean, we've talked about this before. Does it surprise you that he just frankly just keeps doubling down on stupid? Actually, yes. I'm shocked because when he was deputy secretary under Jay Johnson, who I deeply respect, 
Uh, we had a border crisis in uh, 2014, 2015 was really out of control. Not, 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 not anywhere near the numbers we have now. But he knew how we how we stopped it in 2015. He knows. I met with him. I met him a hundred times as the attorney command vice. We built detention facilities. We detained people. We made them see a judge. Ninety percent of them lose their case because they simply don't qualify for asylum under the rules. And we put them on a plane and sent them home. And the, and, the, and the numbers on the border went down. And knowing all that, what's he doing now? He's not detaining them. They're releasing them without having to see a judge. And ICE can't remove him even if they get ordered removed because he, he has decapitated ICE. He's doing the exact opposite of what he knew worked in 2015. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, and I've heard that story before, because I mean, I was there in 2014, 2015. And, you know, what's amazing to me is they, uh, it basically it was demanded of us that we stay in, if you remember that summer, uh, Congress was getting ready for the normal August break, and they kept bringing us back saying, no, we had to put money, we had to do something, you know, to, to begin to stop, you know, some of this issue at the border. Democrats just completely have lost it in that regard. But, let me ask you a question. This is something I get a lot, and I've heard it from some Republicans, uh, that why worry about bringing this to light in knowing that, you know, again, the Senate's going to be in Democrat hands. They're never going to do anything about it. But, but Tom, there is value here. And, I mean, if they won't bring impeachment, at least bring some censure, but at least have these hearings. Mayorkas and the, and the Homeland Security Department have to answer for what's going on. Don't you feel like that there is value in that, not only not from a, even from a political stance, but from people understanding what's actually going on down at the border? Absolutely, because here, here's, here's the end game, right? You got over, you, I don't know the number, Doug, you probably do. The number of Democratic senators up for election in 2024, I think it's over 20. It is. And we have oversight hearings, which the House can do now since Republicans have control. They can subpoena the right people. They can subpoena documents. And I'll help them. I, you know, I've, I've done this for 20, uh, 35 years. So I ain't telling where the bodies are buried. If they subpoena the right people, subpoena the right information, it's going to be some very damning information, which is going to show that this administration has done nothing about the border. It's also going to show what's the effects of historic illegal immigration that that over overburdens the border patrol, where seven. 70 to 80 percent of agents are pulled off the line because of the surge. That's when the fentanyl comes across that killed over 100,000 people. That's when the known suspected terrorists come across. They've already arrested 116 of them. That's when the, the, the sex trafficking of women, women and children go sky high. They have oversight hearings. Bring out the truth. And even them Democrats are going to be in a tough spot to say, okay, maybe I don't support you know, uh, enforcement immigration law, because this, this crisis has caused a national security issue, a public safety issue, a public health issue. They have to take a stand or, or they won't be reelected. So I think it's imperative to have oversight hearings. Well, and I think when you have those oversight hearings, it goes into the very, you know, issues that you just talked about. One of the things, and, I, and this has been just so frustrating to me because I, you, like I, I, we go on a lot of programs where they'll throw us against a, uh, a Democrat or, or whatever, and, and they want to have this idea, these poor people are just seeking asylum. They're coming from terrible places and terrible countries, and, and, and the, ignoring international asylum law, ignoring the fact that you have, you're supposed to stop in the first safe country coming out, ignoring the fact that, you know, it, it's a, you know, the the engendered, you know, fear of death and fear of, of your life is the a situation caused not by the government but by the social conditions. Why is it that 
that so far Democrats have been able to make that sympathetic argument. Maybe this is where the hearings are going to come in. But the realization is that what we're doing now is taking them in, and over 90-plus percent will never qualify for asylum, but yet we're sending them all over the country. And that's where, that's where guys like you and me need to educate the American people because you're right. 80, 88%, 9 out of 10, will not qualify for asylum. And that's based on the immigration court data because you're not escaping fear and persecution from the home government because race, religion, political affiliation. They're coming for a better life. And I get it, but it doesn't qualify for asylum. But what people need to understand is if you believe they have a right to claim asylum, they have a right to due process, then you also must agree when the decision is made, those decisions must be carried out, which means that 90% to get order removed must leave. And let me tell the people what's happening since you're not detaining them. If you look at the Homeland Security and Livestock Report, anybody can look it up. If you get ordered removed and you're in detention, you get removed 99% of the time. If you're not in detention and you're an unaccompanied alien child, you're removed 3% of the time. If you're a family unit, you're removed 6% of the time. If you're a single adult, you're only removed 16% of the time. So that's the problem. They're never leaving. And they simply don't qualify to lose your case. So if you ask someone like Secretary Mayorkas or AOC and anybody's on the left, okay, if you believe in due process and rule of law, yeah, we'll put them in front of a judge and they'll lose. But you have to agree to, to remove them. And that's right. something Mayorkas isn't doing. ICE has the lowest numbers of removals in the history of the agency. The same years you have historic illegal immigration, historic denials of asylum claims, and yet nobody's leaving. Anyways, well, and one of the things is, too, and, and, and Tom, this is something that bothered me just a few weeks ago, and it came out again at the, the Department of Homeland Security. With all of this going on, with all of the problems coming across, the border agents, you know, morale is in the tank, ICE is in the tank, trying to find agents to fill the jobs is almost impossible. And yet I was seeing reports coming out of Homeland Security and, and Marcus's office basically saying that they were very concerned about making sure that the young immigrants, uh, young illegal immigrants coming across would have access to abortion rights. I mean, if they got their life so screwed, we only got about a minute here, Tom. But I mean, do they ha- are they that screwed up that they're they're thinking about abortion rights, and we got a national crisis on our hands? Look, you know, it's sickening. But here's what the Democrats need to understand: under Joe Biden, we got a record amount of migrant deaths on the border, over fourteen hundred. That is record by far. Women are being sexually assaulted at a rate of 31%. Children are drowning in the river and are victims of sex trafficking. Many children have died. If they care, if they really, truly care about these people, secure the border and save lives. That's the way to do it. That's straight talk from Tom Homer. Tom, thank you so much, buddy. It's always good to talk to you. You bring the truth and you bring it hard. Go have a great afternoon, folks. We'll be back here on America First. Doug Collins filling in for Seb Gorka. We will be back in a minute. With special guest host, former Congressman Doug Collins. All right, we're here rocking the Casbah, or is in the effects of our next guest rocking the cash box? Because wherever she goes, she makes it. She makes it work. She exposes stuff. She gets it out in the open. She is one of the best around at making people understand what. Uh, 
people want to hide or not really talk about, and that is Sarah Carter. Sarah, how are we doing? Oh, so good to be with you, Doug. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Hey, Sarah, we were talking off uh, before the show came back on, and, and we talked about you know Kathy Hochul, who is just frankly just I'm not sure which. And I mean, I guess we could have a running you know maybe uh, a poll on here: who's worse, Kathy Hochul or Gretchen Whitmer? But um, <laughs> you know that would be that that would be fun. That's a race to the bottom that both of them are winning. Um, but Hochul again, do you think she gets the fact? I mean, because she showed that she was completely tone deaf to the crime situation. Um, but but Lee Zeldin really had a great campaign that focused on message. And frankly, if it wasn't for him in, North, in New York, we wouldn't have the house uh, today. Are you still seeing some repercussions from that? Oh, oh, yeah. And, I, you know, even with even with Hochul, I mean, it, Lee Zeldin came very close. I mean, I don't think anybody expected him to do as well as he did. And even right now, Dem- I mean, Democrats are angry with Hochul. It- it's crazy that she's back in office. She just vetoed a bill, and I just got back from New York City. I, You know, I love the city at Christmas time. I know it's tough. People say, you know, it's a Democrat city, but this is one of America's treasures. You know, New York yep. City is an American treasure. It's full of history, full of beauty. You know, and there are great people in New York City, Lee Zeldin being one of them. And, you know, Kathy Hochul just vetoed a bill that literally was approved by both the state assembly and the Senate in the spring. She just, like, kept it in her drawer while she was running for governor, like, hiding it away. Um, And it would have created a 16-member fentanyl abuse um, task force and prevention task force in New York because they've lost so many people, not just to overdose with addiction, but to poisonings from fentanyl. This is something that I talk about, Doug, in my podcast, The Dark Wars uh, Pod, which is like our you know nonprofit podcast to you know educate people about what's going on. But she literally vetoed that bill, and even even Staten Island District Attorney um, Mike McMahon went after her. He ripped her apart saying, you know, this is crazy. So I do believe that, you know, Lee Zeldin set into motion really is such an, he brought New York to the forefront. He let the rest of the nation know that, look, even in New York City, we've got great conservatives. We've got people that reach across the aisle as well. And we need, you know, we need to change it here. Um, in order to affect change across the board. And I just think, like, his campaign was so rich, it really did help us with the House. And, oh, yeah. and we can see that, you know, because of the two seats that were picked up in New York. And so, I mean, I think he really was a force to be reckoned with. Well, Sarah, I mean, you do investigation. And with today I've had uh, – we, we've been talking about the border. We talked about Afghanistan. Of course, you, you've been examining that. Holman's was on earlier, and we talked about um, these things. But I want to take a, a little bit different because I know you look at the body politic as a whole. Uh, we had a caller earlier, and it made a really good point. I'd love to see how we're going to do this. And at a certain point in time, is it Republicans the, – the sense of the caller was basically that Republicans have, you know, got to come together and quit – you know, fighting every little thing with each other and put together a a very clear, very uh, precise message that actually speaks to what voters, you know, are concerned about, but do so in a way in which it is, you know, it may not be everything that somebody wants, but it actually is something. 
Um, what are you sensing right. right now with this coming in within the house? I mean, we're already seeing it with a speaker. You and I know a four vote majority in this house mm. is like, you know, it, it's not a majority almost. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I love them all, but I mean, it's just, I mean, I know what I'm looking at. How can we convince the 222 that they got to find two, 218 at some point or otherwise all they're doing is giving speeches? The house divided, right? Doug yep. and um and I and I agree with you and I you know and I hear it all the time I was you know in Mar-a-Lago this past weekend there were a lot of fundraisers a lot of you know heavy hitters people that are you know deciding where they're going to put their money right and we got two years before the next presidential election but more importantly we've got a Congress and we we have a majority it's a small majority but we need to move legislation um and to protect our nation and I you know I saw Tom Homan while I was there and we were discussing the border issue and, you know, behind the scenes, I can't name names, you know, people were talking about like what's going on with the Republican party. Are people going to, are they going to unify? Are people going to unify behind a future presidential candidate? Um, Is it going to be so divided that the Democrats are going to take it and just sweep up with the win? We cannot afford that. Our nation is literally, and I believe the American people, every single person that's listening to this right now are frustrated they're upset they feel as though there is a two-tiered justice system some people are just throwing their hands up in the air they're saying look look at what just happened with you know uh with twitter and the release of all of these emails that exposed what was going on behind the scenes and the fact that our own intelligence apparatus you know, uh, signed on 51 people saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was nothing but, you know, Russian disinformation. Right. When you come to find out, you know, 18 months later, when the New York Times decided to say it was true, you know, yep. so people feel like they're being tricked. They feel like they're being played with. And I got to tell you, if the Republicans do not get together, and it is frustrating, you know, people saw Kevin McCarthy. I'm, I'm going to bring it up because yep. it's out there. You know, it's the big elephant in the room. But he went to the White House dinner. I'm not saying that people can't reach across the aisle, but there were a lot of people that were angry with the fact that he was sitting at a dinner, you know, with Macron, with Hunter Biden, you know, and and with the Bidens living the life while the rest of the, you know, the Republicans that are, you know, I call them the knuckle draggers are out there trying to fight for for legislation that they believe will truly change America and, and, and protect the American people. So, you know, it's it's hard for me to say what is it going to take. You know, Lee Zeldin did an, a phenomenal job when he was, you know, in New York and he was right. running. And I think he's, he's a very – he's somebody that is a good leader, right? Right. Somebody who you could see good uh, pushing forward. Yeah, to unify the party in such a way. Um, maybe, you know, I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors. I could start rumors right now. <laughs> All right. You know, we're starting rumors here on – America first. We only got about fifteen seconds left. Uh, what uh, we got a big rumor for us? Here. <laughs> I got a big rumor for you. Hey, I heard his name being tossed around with the RNC. I've also heard yep. other names. Um, you know, right. but look, we need we need a strong country. We need a strong party, and Thank the American you. people are the bosses. Sarah, appreciate it. We'll be right back to finish this thing and land it up here on the America First.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.